From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And today it's my privilege to have as my guest Megan Gabauer, a nurse uh, who has some experience working with the Armed with the Faith prayer book that the Knights of Columbus so generously provide for those who serve. Megan, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you for having me. Um, so share with me uh, some of your experience with the Armed with the Faith prayer book. Have you found that it uh, is helpful in your nursing the afflicted? It is. I find that probably the hardest thing that vets have when they're coming back or when they're being cared for is that um, they need something to focus on. And religion really is one of the core things that helps them focus and sort of find their way back to living in civilian life. Even if they're still in active service, there is a huge difference between what life is like being in a military war zone and being in the civilian population. So for me, when I see the prayer book, it's a way to connect. It's a way to say, oh, so you like to pray, you like to talk about God, you you have this as a foundation. And it usually is a way to sort of get into the person's head and sort of find out where they are mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and then we can work on the physical. And and for me, there's been a few times where patients have been very shut down and sometimes even nonverbal. And I can't sort of find my way in to start connecting with them. And that's the most important part of nursing is connecting with a patient. And the prayer book has been that way. It's sometimes, you know, you'll see it on the side of a bed table, or sometimes you'll even see it clutched in their hands. And so for me, the, the prayer book is my way in. It's my connection point. And from there, everything else follows. I see. You have a lot of experience working with uh, veterans and servicemen and women who've been wounded in battle? Well, in, when I was in nursing school, the nice thing about where I went to nursing school is that there was a lot of connections for clinical rotations at active duty military hospitals as well as the VA or VA centers that are sort of ancillary sites. So for me, I've uh, in this area, I've been able to connect with a lot of veterans and vets and active duty military personnel, both personally because I have friends that are active duty, but also um, professionally. So, Where did you go to nursing school? Catholic University. I see. Um, and uh, so which hospitals, medical clinics uh, did, did you work and come in contact with uh, vets and, and servicemen and women? Well, the local VA and the old Walter Reed and the new Walter Reed out of Bethesda. So it's a wide range. I hear you. And what kinds of ailments have you treated in your time as a nurse? Well, it really depends on what unit I was on. I had um, exposure to people in primary care, so obviously uh, just everyday ailments and things like that. And then there's uh, inpatient uh, hospitalization, so different floors and different units there, as well as surgery. 
um, I worked uh, quite a while as an operating room nurse. So for me, I, I have sort of this broad range, both in training and in uh, my professional career. Um, I, I think the hardest was I started nursing school after 9-11. So initially, uh, a lot of the patients that we were seeing that were vets were coming in from Afghanistan and Iraq because it was the it was GWAT, it was the Global War on Terror. And so we would have patients that were coming in to the floors that might have been 24, 48 hours out of being in country and in a war zone, which that is a really hard adjustment coming from that state of sort of heightened awareness and hyper vigilance and then coming in and being injured and being medicated and then uh, not really knowing quite what's going on because they may be very grievously injured. And so um, interacting with vets is, and um, active duty military personnel is always interesting. So tell me what is the connection between spirituality and physical recovery? Well, I think it depends on the person. A lot of them, um, for them, prayer and finding God is a matter of self-protection mentally and emotionally because for them there's that old phrase there's no uh, atheist in a foxhole prayer for them was if if I pray hard enough if I think good thoughts if I do what I need to do I'm gonna get home I'm gonna get home in one piece which the second half is a lot harder to do (laughs) (laughs) and we could be talking about two ideas of home mm-hmm. uh, our worldly home and our spiritual home yeah spiritual home um, and uh, well share with me some uh, specific stories where uh, that you can remember where the armed with the faith prayer book uh, came into play well we had one patient that came in what happens is, is that if you get injured in country depending upon how stable you are. You may not spend really any time in Longstuhl, so you'll get out of wherever it is, whatever country overseas you are, and generally you get flown into Longstuhl. And from Longstuhl, then you get put on a plane to wherever the hospital that you're going to recover in the United States is. Let me interrupt you. Where is that place that you just mentioned? Longstuhl, Germany. Got it. Yeah. Um, Sorry. (laughs) Just ask if I say anything that you're going, uh... What do you mean by that? (laughs) Anyway, um, so this person uh, was stable enough that they didn't need to be in Longstuhl. They didn't need to have extra surgeries or anything like that. They just needed to get back to the United States. So they come in, and it's the evening shift, and it's probably, I don't know, 5.30 in the afternoon. And most people are, are eating dinner, and it's sort of a quiet time on the unit. But I'm a baby nurse. I'm still in training. I, you know... Uh, I I follow around like a duckling, (laughs) but at some point you get thrown in the deep end and basically you get to be the nurse and the the person that's precepting you stands behind you and lets you do all all the work and make sure that you don't kill anybody. That's the important (laughs) bit. I hope not. (laughs) Um, So it's me and this patient in a room with my teacher at the door and he's not saying anything and he's not looking at me and he's completely sort of clenched up. What was the nature of his 
injuries or wounds? I would rather not say. Okay, okay. Anyhow, he'd been um, he'd been hurt in battle. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead. And in his hands was the arm was the prayer book, and you know, being a daughter of an Ed Columbus, you recognize the symbol because you've seen it often enough. And I go, oh, are you a knight? No. First thing he's ever said to me or anyone on the unit at this point. Um, and then I go, okay, uh, but you have the prayer book. He's like, yeah, it's my protection. And I wanted to know what he meant by that because obviously once you have someone starting to talk, they keep, it's a good thing to keep them talking. So we had a conversation about the prayer book. We had a conversation about how he used it every day to protect himself. And it was his focal point. And so for me, I would ask about the prayer book. I would ask about what he did every day with it. I would ask about, you know, what he needed while he was on the unit to make sure that he could keep up his prayers and things like that. And we got a chaplain involved. And basically, he started opening up. And it wasn't, he wouldn't talk about anything other than the prayer book. Because for him, that was his whole focus. If he could pray, if he could you know, have his connection with God, he was going to get through this. So one of the things is just basically seeing the prayer book and saying, hey, you know, do you want to pray together? Do you want to talk about this? And for me, that was really important. And it seemed to be my way in with him. Did you wind up praying with him? I did. Was he Catholic? No. I'm talking to Megan Gebauer, a nurse. Uh, about the Armed with the Faith prayer book that the Knights of Columbus have donated to uh, uh, the men and women who serve. And let's talk a little bit about the the book before we go on. What is it that's uh, so unique about this book? Well, for one, it is basically tear-resistant, water-resistant. It can go anywhere, and that's really important. Also, it's tiny. You know, you have your duffel bag and maybe a few other things that you can stuff stuff in when you're going on deployment. You, space is, is really important. And so something big and bulky, like a Bible, is not really something that a lot of people have the time to, you know, or the, I should say the space to waste. And it's not a waste, but you get the meaning. Um, it's also very user-friendly. Basically, it lays out all the different kind of things. It has psalms in it. It has prayers in it. It has how to say the rosary in it. It has uh, military-specific prayers in it. So it has a lot. It's focused on the people that use it. So <clears throat> we're talking about a flip-top, almost indestructible Catholic prayer book mm-hmm. that uh, is designed to go anywhere, whether it be in the trenches, uh, you know, on the on the ocean with the sailors. Uh, it, it can be uh, accessed in the heat of battle. It doesn't make any noise when you flip it because it has a plastic uh, uh, binder on the top of it. Uh, very unique uh, prayer book. And th- this serviceman you're talking about came into the hospital with it already in his possession. You mm-hmm. didn't give it to him. No, he got it from his chaplain when he was in country. So for, for him, it was sort of, uh, he came in without his Bible and without that sort of um, touchstone. And he got it 
given to him, even though he wasn't Catholic. He got it from the Catholic chaplain because the Catholic chaplain hands these out like candy, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and for, so he used it, even though it wasn't his particular faith in the sense that he wasn't Roman Catholic, but it was he was Christian. So for him, it was just as useful as, say, for a Roman Catholic. I see. And we're recording this on uh, December 10th, 2021, and the Knights have, uh, are in the process to, of delivering 100,000 new copies of the Armed with the Faith prayer book, the sixth edition, uh, and uh, these will be going out uh, over the next few weeks to military installations the world over. Um, do you, um, obviously you were familiar with the prayer book when you saw this in the serviceman's possession. Have you used it in the past yourself? No. Um, they do have uh, one designed for n- non-active duty military personnel. In other words, their families or um, uh, civilians. But this one is only for active duty uh, serving personnel, and I have never served. So. Right. And, it, and it's a, a combi- it, it, an accumulation, a, a combination of a lot of different prayers, mm-hmm. uh, most Catholic in origin. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's some in, uh, generic prayers, too. Um, so uh, let's get back. Well, you mentioned earlier that your dad is in the Knights. Tell me about mm-hmm. that. Who's your dad and uh, how long <laughs> has he been in the Knights? And, uh... Forever. <laughs> um, my dad's Peter Gebauer. He's the past state deputy of the Knights of Columbus for the Washington, D.C. jurisdiction. He has served at the Patrick Cardinal o- O'Boyle Council number 11302 yes i know this uh since it was founded uh and he's also a member of the fourth degree he's currently the um he's whatever is in charge of the fourth degree for this area and i i feel really stupid that i can't remember that's all right i'm not expecting you to be a master of terminology of the nights well you know it's sort of like being a military brat once you're in you're in and there's nothing that can stop you from having to go and do whatever your dad's doing i hear you and your dad is a vet um no he his brother was i see and um his brother served on the navy he uh served on the air Aircraft carrier, the John F. Kennedy. Um, his, let's see here, all of our uncles served. They were all World War II vets. Um, and your dad's an attorney and a ju- or retired judge. He's a retired judge, yeah. I see. Very interesting. Um, so let's get more back to the uh, idea of the connection between a healthy spiritual life and um a healthy physical life and uh, the process of recovering from an injury or wound. Uh, in your experience as a nurse, tell me a little bit more about what you've observed about that connection between the spiritual and the physical. Well, a lot of people have sort of one or two reactions to being ill. They, they either cling to their faith or they run away from it because there's that sort of loss of hope when you're seriously injured of, you know, why would God let this happen? And it's sort of the key point in time where you want someone to be reassured that, yes, this is a tragedy, but God hasn't abandoned you. God's here and holding you. All you have to do is ask to have him come and help you and heal you. And so 
for the ones that cling to it, for me, my job is to make sure that they have all the resources that they need. So chaplaincy is a huge factor in that. And it doesn't necessarily have to be your faith. It's good if it is. But any sort of spiritual connection in the beginning for someone that is holding on to their faith really is sort of, it's the the foundation that everything else is laid on because most people will be comforted if their spiritual needs are met. They can handle the rest of it because in their mind, it's God holding the reins and it's him that's standing between them and whatever bad outcome they're worried about. For the ones that need help, the ones that have sort of gotten lost in sort of the darkness of a major injury or illness, or even a minor one that just is sort of a long-term medical condition, for that and for them, it's a matter of sort of reminding them that everything goes hand in hand, that you know, today may not be a good day, but if you leave that in God's hands and keep going, tomorrow will probably be a better one. That's interesting. So you see that folks who are facing some kind of medical or health crisis, some of them anyway, uh, come to a, a, a dilemma spiritually, either fear of God or draw near to God. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, I mean, which way, you know, which way do they choose, you know, how, how to choose which way? Do, do you ever, I mean, which one goes which way and which goes the other? I think it depends on how serious the illness is and how strong their foundation is. If you don't have a very strong foundation, you don't trust as easily. And when you're physically injured, you don't want to trust anything. You don't want to trust um, because you're worried that anything you do might make it worse. But if you've got that strong foundation, even if you've been away from the church for years and years and years, if you had that foundation when you were younger, usually what happens is you go, oh, I remember this. I remember feeling that sort of awe and joy, the, the, the joy that you see on a child's face at Christmas or at Easter during when Easter ritual when they're lighting the candles it it may not be sort of the about the prayers or about the actual mass but the joy of lighting a candle for a kid or the joy of seeing the church completely uh, set up for Christmas all of those things they they leave sort of little reminders on your soul so that in times when you really really need help if you can be reminded of the joy, of the innocent sort of spirituality that you had, usually what happens is that they find a deeper faith. They go back to the church. They, um, they start praying again. Uh, and it's that which sort of provides them a, a home, spiritual home in the sense, as they're moving forward through whatever illness they may have. So all the reason more to practice your faith throughout mm-hmm. your life because you have those resources, those spiritual resources that you can draw on when yep. things get bad. Even if you didn't have sort of a strong faith, even in childhood, or you haven't practiced for years and years and years, 
there are people that find God in the darkness of their illness. And it stays with them because it was the, the comfort that they had during the hardest parts of their life, which is usually when you're facing either your death, the death of a loved one, or some sort of major uh, medical condition. There are obviously other traumatic things that happen to people, but from my experience, when it comes to healthcare, you can find faith if you're given the opportunity to do that. And it's really important that people who serve in the medical community, volunteer at hospitals, remember that they are as much a a part of that as the chaplain service. Because the thing is, a, a chaplain may visit once, but usually they don't come unless they're asked. So it's important that when you're in the hospital, when you're um, visiting someone that's in the hospital, although given current conditions, that may not be as easy as uh, it once was, to ask, you know, do you want to talk to a chaplain? Do you want to talk to somebody? Do you want to go to the chapel? Do you want to pray? Do you want a Bible? Is there something we can do to help you practice your faith while you're in this experience? Or do you want to learn about uh, faith? You know, is, is there, it's a great opportunity to sort of say, have you wondered about God? And if you have wondered about God, do you want to ask questions? I'm talking to Megan Gebauer, a nurse, uh, about the Arm of the Faith prayer book that the Knights of Columbus uh, provides uh, for uh, servicemen and women. Uh, who are active duty. And I should mention here that uh, uh, any uh, active duty person who would like to um, obtain an Armed with a Faith prayer book, uh, talk to your chaplain on your installation, and your chaplain uh, should be able to uh, uh, acquire one for you through the Archdiocese for the Military Services. And I'll also add that the Knights are working on a plain paper edition uh, for uh, non uh, active duty personnel, and you can learn more about that on the Knights of Columbus website. Um, Catholic Services Information, uh, uh, Catholic Information Services. Um, so, anyhow, so uh, back to our discussion, uh, Megan. Thank you so much for talking to us today. And it seems to me that uh, uh, your approach is, uh, for lack of a better word, holistic. Holistic is a word that we've come to associate with uh, the secular ideology. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's more to recovery and uh, treatment of illness and injury than just the physical. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's go back to the, the gentleman who you uh, were able to start up a conversation with because he had the Catholic uh, armed with a faith prayer book, even though he was not Catholic. What was the outcome of his case? As far as I'm aware, he had a very good outcome. Um, He had time, obviously, inpatient, and then he was discharged to his home uh, military unit, uh, and he recovered out uh, in sort of the community from there. Do you distribute these books yourself? No. 
um, that that is purely the responsibility and the honor of the chaplaincy. I see. Um, well, let's have a look at the um, book. You've got an earlier edition uh, there, but let's go through and uh, kind of talk about what's in here. I'm, I know you kind of mentioned it generally, uh, but uh, we're talking, uh, what about uh, uh, s- almost 70 pages? Uh, uh, this uh, book fits in your pocket. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, look at all these prayers in here. We're talking, uh, you know, everything from the Our Father and the Hail Mary to uh, the Magnificat and a prayer of uh, Our Lady of Guadalupe. Uh, uh, what's your uh, feeling about this book? And, uh, you know, is it uh, comprehensive enough, do you think? Or is it, you know, tell me more about what what your feeling is about what you see in these uh, um, 70 some odd pages of, of prayers well i do I, I i appreciate the fact that it really is focused on the soldier or the sailor or the airman depending upon what service they're in or coast guardsman or coast guardsman yes or or maritime or marine. mariner or, right or marine <laughs> or marine um the the it's designed basically to be uh keep it simple stupid uh, it's designed to provide you with a, a basis to start uh, sort of coming closer to God. It has a. I like the fact that it has like explanations in the back of things like how to do the rosary. Um, it's also got uh, hymns on in the back, so things like um, "Eternal Father, Strong to Save" and "America the Beautiful," singing is a great way to pray because uh it it brings joy as well as you don't necessarily need to know the words you can hum the lyrics and yet you're still doing an act of faith and someone once said i can't remember offhand who it was but when you sing you pray twice Mm -hmm. and there's i suppose something i'm you know a musician myself and there's something about music that's a language of the soul that uh, can be uh, can arouse all kinds of uh, emotions, whether it be uh, you know comfort or stress. You know, some music inflicts stress. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you're you're in touch with your soul in a way that kind of transcends one's ability to explain. And it's not necessarily what you would study in biology, biology and physiology and anatomy and all that as a nurse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it goes back to what we saying about what we were saying earlier about uh, you know the spiritual and the physical they're connected, uh, and you know just looking generally we've got a section here on general prayers. Uh, then there are uh, there's a section on prayers for military personnel, and uh, and wartime prayers. Uh, you know prayer to Saint Michael the Archangel for example, prayer before battle, prayer in time of need, uh, prayer for the dying. Uh, and then uh, devotions, as you mentioned, the rosary, the sacrament of penance. Uh, I suppose uh, there are many good, you know, people who uh, once practiced their Catholic faith but haven't been to the uh, sacrament of confession or reconciliation in quite some time. So it's helpful to have a kind of a refresher here. Um, can you think of any other uh, examples where uh, the prayer book has been helpful to you as a nurse? Well, there are older patients that we've had that are vets, and sometimes for them it's hard to, they may not be verbal 
especially the sort of the the ones that are further along in Alzheimer's and things like that. So for them, they may be very locked in. And they find comfort in hearing uh, someone read the Bible to them. You may not have access to a Bible, especially um, in some units or in, under some conditions where it's too laborious to sterilize it every time that you're in in that room. You'd have to destroy the Bible after that particular patient for whatever reason. So instead you have this, which, yes, it is a prayer book, but if you have to throw it out, it's not the end of the world. Whereas if you have to throw a Bible out, it it's, can be very disconcerting. Sure, sure. The Bibles are thicker. They, uh you know, they're different materials. This is, uh, I don't know what material this is, but it's... Uh, it's uh, laminated plastic. Laminate, yeah, it's, it's certainly laminated, no doubt about it. Well, um, Megan Gebauer, uh, nurse, uh, our time is already up, but <laughs> thank you so much for uh, stopping in and talk to us about the Armor of the Faith prayer book distributed by the Knights of Columbus and how it can help the uh, physically uh, injured, wounded, ill, the elderly, uh, you know, cope with their uh, conditions and uh, find a way toward healing. Thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for having me. Catholic Military Life is a podcast of the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, erected by Pope St. John Paul II in 1985 to provide for the free exercise of Catholic faith in the U.S. military, VA medical centers, and the government's civilian workforce beyond U.S. borders. 1.8 million American Catholics worldwide depend on the Archdiocese and its endorsed chaplains for pastoral care. For more information, visit millarch.org. The Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, serving those who serve.